In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of uh, Proverbs, chapter 22 and verse 29, chapter 10 and verse 26, chapter 25 and verse 13, and also verse 19 of chapter 25. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before the kings. He will not stand before obscure men. And 10.26 Like vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. And Proverbs 25.13 Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Verse 19, Trusting in a treacherous man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that sleeps. Good morning. Once again, we draw from the Book of Wisdom, Proverbs, and, uh, but soon we will be starting Galatians. So if you wish to do advanced reading in Galatians, and that would be a wonderful thing. The title of today's sermon is Wisdom and Excellence. I have heard complaints from employers that there are believers who don't do their work very well and they often use church or their Christianity as an excuse. I would like to say today, you cannot do that. In fact, the scriptures encourage us encourages us to be excellent in what we do. We cannot be half-hearted in our work or even in our school, but especially in the work of God. It cannot be half-hearted. In all things, we should do, we should do everything with excellence. Those who pursue wisdom will pursue excellence. That is, if you have the scriptures as your foundation. Those who pursue wisdom will pursue excellence, which means there is no room for laziness. Developing skills needs time, focus, and energy. However, excellence is not the only important trait. Those who pursue wisdom should learn faithfulness in every work, one must cultivate faithfulness, which means being faithful to the task and faithful to those who rely on us. The opposite of faithfulness is treachery and deceit, traits that came naturally to us growing up. Nobody taught us to lie. As we grew up, we learned to lie. We learned to share half-truths. The problem is we did not outgrow this, and we carried it over into adulthood. Treachery and deceit may find their way in the simplest or even the complex tasks. 
Yet the person in pursuit of wisdom must outgrow deceit, lying, and treachery. Now, any progress reaped from deceit and treachery breeds enemies. Please remember that. There are enemies of the gospel. Those are accepted enemies in Christianity. Not because of what we've done, but because of the message we proclaim. That is expected. Persecution is expected. But enemies that came out because of lying and half-truths. Now, that is our fault if we do such things. But here's the problem. One enemy you produce is the sovereign God himself. Yes, in your mind, the sovereign God is with you and helping you. But if you are treacherous, that's only in your mind. The reality is God is against you. And that's something I don't want to be in. Yes, he is merciful, but remember, proclaim repentance for forgiveness. There has to be repentance for forgiveness. And that's in Luke 24. Jesus himself stated that. But now we have a Christianity of just accepting by following a short prayer and claiming that you accept him without repentance, yet the deceit is still there. That's why we wonder why there is no transformation, because we, our theology is actually wrong. Jesus himself commanded repentance, and yet we insist in no repentance. But today, allow me to encourage you that by God's grace, we can learn to be excellent and skillful in the things that we do. And scripture also states that whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Yet, as I discuss certain verses from the Book of Wisdom, please always bear in mind that this first applies to you, not to others. And then do not forget the application in ministry, especially the study of God's Word. And I do believe in excellence in studying God's Word. Now, those who are not excellent in studying God's Word will believe every conspiracy they watch on YouTube and Facebook. They're so gullible because they are not rooted. They don't understand. They never took the time to study, for example, the New Testament. Since you like the end times, why have you not studied Daniel and Revelations carefully? Why do you just believe a system of theology of somebody else? Why do you believe this long narrative without looking what is plainly in Scripture? Once you learn context study, you are not easily deceived. But some of us have this baggage from our perhaps past Christian life, where you just see a collection of verses out of context, put it together, and you form a belief. Be careful with that. Such is the way of the cults, to deceive people. Are we prone to that? Yes, we are. Believers and pastors are prone to that, 
if we do not study. That is why. Even in the book of Acts, there, is this, there are these people called the Bereans. When Paul himself spoke to them, they double-checked with Scripture. Why? It's possible. Human error is possible. And that's where Satan comes in and tries to manipulate human error. But we are so gullible instead of taking the time to study or just sticking to what is clear to us for now in Scripture. Our minds go wild because you are intrigued. You're intrigued easily because you don't study. You don't study because you are foolish. But allow me to share to you that we must grow in excellence. If you cannot understand the sermon and look at the context from where it comes from, that's first that you have to analyze. Things we share, you analyze if it is accurate. If it is not accurate, I will welcome you in a discussion. If you can't even do that, you can't even do that, then you're going to listen to every Tom and Harry out there with conspiracy theories, then I am disappointed. I will be disappointed. So if I hear some of you believing in these easily, I will instruct your growth groups to patiently and gently point you back towards scripture and learn context study. Learn it. And if you don't submit to that, I will ask them to tell you, I want to know your name. And I will invite you and I will talk to you. And I will listen to your opinions freely, gently, point by point. So please, be very careful, because if you believe and you echo these conspiracy theories, you are destroying the body of Christ. Not here, not under my watch. And that is the role of the pastor, to protect the minds and hearts. Protect from what? First, from false teaching. That is clear from Scripture. Now allow me to share the verses we selected because this is mainly practical living. I merely injected some spiritual application today. And some of us speak so fast without understanding more. I've been asked about Ukraine for a while and oftentimes I avoid the question because I cannot believe one news episode I need to hear more. I need to listen more. I need to see the history before I give a constructive comment. But some of you are so, such experts. You know everything, right? You know, even Philippine history. You think you know everything just because you watch a few YouTube channels. And you're already convinced. No. No politics here. I'm just saying your attitude towards it. People here have known I have not mentioned a candidate here since I pastored here. I am a promoter on how to vote, not who to vote. So most of you would find out my candidate after 
the election after I casted my vote. But some of you might say, oh, because he has a local bias. Maybe you're right, but maybe you're wrong. Let's look at chapter 22, verses 20, verse 29. Skillful, the first point. Do you see a man skillful in his work? Other translations say excellent in his work. He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. There is a certain level of excellence or skill that will gain the appreciation of significant people. The audience of the skillful is not insignificant. In contrast, the unskilled are surrounded by the insignificant. Now, in today's world, world we don't know kings. Before, if you have a million people, you were already a powerful king because of so many people. Uh, others are even smaller at, at 30,000 people. Some call them kings already. But here, who are the kings? Well, it's not literal king if we apply this today. Uh, kings may refer to people of leadership and significance. The excellent will attract the attention of those with a taste for quality and excellence. On the other hand, the unskilled will have the audience of the nobodies, the insignificant. Uh, who appreciates you, the insignificant? Well, you need to drink with some people so that at least a few people can appreciate you. And you appreciate one another in your obscureness. However, if you find a craft, something to do, you excel on it. You mind the details. Every detail, you work on it. People remember you. And you get referred to, to another and to another and to another. And somehow, your opportunities never run out, never run out. Because people talk about the kind of work you put out. The person who is skillful in what he does will stand before leadership and significant people. And the thing is, those in leadership and significance are those who can pay for your services because you're excellent in it. May I say that this is part of Christianity. Uh, well, the main part of Christianity is the message of the gospel. But in our practical living, in practical living, as we live on earth, in whatever we do, in our profession, in our business, or in your volunteerism in ministry, the details. If you volunteer to be an usher, well, you have to be early. Though that detail is important. <laughs> Can it be an usher and we all came in and then you come? Who are you going to welcome, right? Yeah, you have to be early. That's the detail there. Not only that, you have to dress properly. And you have to know how to smile. Can you imagine coming to church and the first person that greets you doesn't have a smile? It's so depressing. The detail is important. If you're asked to clean something, the details are important. The opposite is half done, work half done is okay. No, it's not okay. Work half done 
is never okay. We complete it, we finish it, we deliver with excellence. People should talk about it, that the work was good. Well, the opposite can happen, especially when we're still learning (laughs) that our work was terrible. So if we get that feedback, what do we do? We have to learn. We have to keep learning and learning and learning. But we have to grow in our skills. Wherever you work right now, if you have a boss, exactly as you signed and agreed upon, do it with all your might. And that's in Ecclesiastes 2, another book of wisdom. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might, meaning you give your best there. I pray in our church community, whatever we do, we do for God, that's why we do with excellence. And that's the reputation we must have as a child of God in our community. Let me go to verse 26 of chapter 10, since I mentioned the word lazy. Like vinegar in the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is a sluggard to those who send him. What's vinegar to the teeth? Well, I think in Filipino, they say, nangingilo. There's some irritation. Then smoke to the eyes. Oh, that's real irritation. <laughs> smoke to the eyes. Uh, so is the sluggard, which is, which is uh, another word, is the lazy person to those who rely on him, to those who send him, to those who rely on him. I don't understand vinegar to the teeth, all right? Because <laughs> I don't gargle vinegar. Uh, but I understand smoke to the eyes. And that's an irritation. So I like to say if you do your work half done and you are lazy, that's what your employers, your managers feel about you. And sometimes your parents feel that about you. Oh, forgive me. Love your spouse. Sometimes that's what the spouse feels about you. Well, one of the opposites of the excellent is the lazy, the sluggard, described as vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. The lazy is unreliable and should not be trusted with important work because they are irritants. Irritants. Now, your boss might be the most patient person in the world, but if you are a sluggard, work half done, He will be irritated with you even though he could be the most patient. Or let me just say, if he's not irritated, he will be tempted so much to be irritated with you. Now, you want to be that person who's irritating because of laziness? The work output of the lazy includes, again, work half done, work often delayed, work never done, and work never started. Who would want to rely on such a person? 
Who would want to work with the lazy? The answer is no one unless they're both lazy. And they made a deal. Let's not do our work completely so our boss has no choice but to accept it. I don't understand that. Even in school, you know, there's somebody who submits on time. I don't understand why the other classmate keeps telling him not to submit on time. Because he will make others look bad. Do not be influenced by the sluggard. Do not join the fellowship of the lazy. If you belong to the fellowship of the lazy, leave that fellowship. Why? I think that's contagious. Because the lazy just wants to hang out and have fun and he or she's going to call you. Come on, get out of work. Let's just have fun. Don't work today. Because their specialty is pleasure for the moment. That is not who we are. The lazy. Do you know that sometimes we can be lazy? But that's not, rest is not laziness. Rest is deserved. I read somewhere that the lazy joined the race. And he said, I'll try. It's my talent to run, but I'll just go up to fourth place. Because he was too lazy to climb the podium to receive the award. Let's look at the opposite, the faithful. So the structure of my outline is positive, negative, positive, negative. The faithful. Uh, faithful people refresh the souls of those who send them. The faithful are reliable. Moreover, the faithful are steady in their belief and confirm their actions. Verse 13 of chapter 25 in Proverbs like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. And today, they are the authorities that we serve under. Everybody serves somewhere. Oh, refreshing. Uh, the, the lazy is an irritant, smoke to the eyes. The, the faithful messenger the faithful worker refreshes. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're part of our team. People appreciate those faithful in their work. The masters or employers value honest, true, and consistent workers. That's being faithful, honest, true, and consistent. Thus, masters or employers should take care of their workers especially those who are faithful. The irritants, if you are within law to get rid of them, get rid of them as soon as possible. And workers should faithfully execute their work. To execute. To do it properly. So what do you want to be? The skillful, excellent person um, the lazy or the faithful worker? 
Verse 19 of chapter 25, the treacherous, the next character. Trusting in a treacherous man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth or a foot that slips. Wow. But sometimes we don't know who's treacherous. We only find out later. The treacherous are unfaithful and deceitful. One cannot trust in them. They're like those who smile at you, but speak bad about you after you leave the table. Treacherous. They're those who say they're happy working in your small company, but they tell all their friends how bad it is to work at you. Why don't you just be honest? One of the things I do, knowing that especially a startup company has a lot of adjustments to make, I go direct and tell customers, this is our problem. You can, this is what we offer you, but this we're fixing. And it's better to be honest up front than cover it up. I think that's the same way with people we speak with, the treacherous. And it is not nice to be surrounded by the treacherous. Here among growth groups, we challenge every word, every thought spoken. Why do you think that way? Why do you speak that way? Do I have to know that about this person? Maybe I don't have to. The treacherous are unfaithful and deceitful. One cannot trust in them. Uh, they're like the toothache or the injury incurred when you slip. One cannot trust them with important things. The treacherous, let me define, they lack transparency. They need to hide something. Thus, they lie and speak half-truth. I didn't lie. I just didn't say it. <laughs> If you're expected to open something and you don't do it, that's still a half-truth. They cheat you with little things, then they progress to larger things. Worst, the treacherous will betray you. They will betray you. And like I said, sometimes we don't see them immediately. But once you find out, they're like toothache or a foot that slips. Now, to those of you in sales, the best sales approach, ethical, share the benefits, but also share what they should be concerned about, the negatives. I think that's the best approach. Because you as a person, we can trust. You're always opening it. You as a person, we can trust. So if ever I don't buy this, maybe some other time I will buy from you because you as a person is somebody that can be trusted. You know, I get this a lot every time I preach on Proverbs. There's a deep reflective feeling in the room. Um, but I know you're thinking, uh, looking at your eyes. I know you're focused. Now, what does this mean to us? Well, we are not perfect, but we have to outgrow this thing we learn from kids. 
We developed that when we were kids, especially when we became teenagers. We have to outgrow this and as believers, become ethical at what we do. Application, develop your skills and reach excellence. What is that thing you want to do? That others are, are need, that you can contribute to others. And if it's a career, it's something others are willing to pay for. What is that? It's never too late. You can start with one discipline again and excel in that. And whatever you say you're going to do, you're going to do it. Develop your skills. And please don't say I'm too old, especially if you're younger than me, that you can't develop a new skill anymore. I remember some people I know in their 70s would enroll, would enroll in graduate school. Do they need it for work? No, it's for enrichment. It's to develop more knowledge, to develop their expertise. Some, oftentimes it's not for employment, it's just for them to be sharper because others would still benefit from it. But you're not even 70 and you think you're too old to learn a new thing. And that's pitiful. You know what that's called? Lazy. Now, if you develop excellence, develop it to the point where significant people can appreciate your contribution. Maybe a few people will appreciate you, then they keep referring until you reach the figurative kings of today. And remove laziness from your system because you will irritate the people around you. Well, in our church, when I, we say, read your Bible, please finish your Bible. Give it a year or two, but finish it. Okay? Don't be lazy about it. Finish it. Next, faithfully carry out the work entrusted to you. You will refresh the hearts of those who hired you. Avoid treachery and deceit at all costs. No lies and half-truths, else you will lose the trust of those who rely on you. And if we cannot trust you, we don't want to work with you. If we cannot trust you, why will we help you? I'll help you with the gospel, I'll proclaim the gospel again and again, but in other things, oh, sometimes as a pastor, you wanna give first, second, third chances, even fourth chances. But there are people who still disappoint because they're treacherous and they're lazy and they don't do their work very well. You know the problem is? The problem is they're treacherous and they're lazy and they think they did a good job. <laughs> That's the worst. I think it's called the Denning-Kruger effect. You know that there's a theory 
that was developed in the workplace, in a, in a management context, that is an actual theory of some people who think they did a good work, but it's actually terrible. It was bad. But in their minds, they did a good work. And they even vocalize it. Oh, I did my work. But when you bring them face to face with somebody with real evaluation tools, no, you did not. And stop saying you do, because you look, you look like a fool. Is there hope for the Bicolanos brothers and sisters? If the Bicolanos can go from one end really excellent, I think there's hope. But we're finding a culture of relaxation, a culture of taking it easy, a culture of kesera sera. Anyway, there are relatives that will support us, a culture of that. A culture of average, a culture of Puedinayan. In closing, I remember one of my professors who experienced a culture shock when he went to another country. So they were supposed to do an observation, observing the factory, and then creating a report to report uh, to the executive management. So his team leader was so excited in doing the work, so a group of them uh, started observing. And they observed um, three shifts. Okay. So after the second shift, he's saying, well, I've been here 16 hours. I think it's just right. I go home. And he said, uh, no, first eight hours. Can I go home and, and take a rest? And, and the team leader said, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Then they extended more hours. Well, he had a felt need to go home and take a shower. But the whole team, only he was the one, the only Filipino asking to go home. The other nationalities were not going home because the job wasn't done. Then finally, the team leader said after 16 hours, okay, go home. Of course, the hours, I'm not that accurate anymore with the exact hours, but he went home, took a shower, took a little nap, and went back. And then when he went back, he asked the receptionist, has the team come back already? And the receptionist was asking, what team? The team, the team I was with, the one doing the observation, we're creating a report. He said, they're in that room, they never left. And he had a culture shock. In their context, he was lazy. Then we praise other countries of being so developed. And some of them also have corruption. No, it's not just corruption. Corruption is a problem, but that's not the only problem. If the people are the problem, then that's a problem. So let's try a little harder. Is that okay? One more step higher and another step slowly. But then you have, we have to keep progressing and progressing. 
you know where you start, students? Just start with the assignment. Once the assignment is given, finish it within the day or within two days or three days. Finish it. Suffer it. Suffer if you must, but finish it and submit it. Days before the deadline. Not exactly at the deadline, not after that. Begin there. It's about going through the struggle. You wrestle with it and you win over it. That's the beginning, because if you don't, it gets carried over. Excellence, another poem for you. Nobody can appreciate any lazy associate, which everyone will learn to despise. Imagine this, smoke to your eyes. Relying on the treacherous sounds a lot worse than scandalous. Irritation and so much pain, perhaps that's all that you will gain. But the faithful one refreshes. The souls of many it washes like cool snow during the harvest. Faithful even in the hardest. Who then should we vouch for today? This is something that we should say. Rely on the reliable, the trustworthy, and the able. But more than able, one should note, oh, shall we dare forget the quote, the excellent and skillful with work output that is blissful. Thus, excel in all that we do to see that the work pushes through and to meet all expectations go beyond our limitations. Let us all rise. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is good. Sometimes it's painful, but we need the pain. But we also know that you are merciful and gracious. And that we never forget. The love of Christ in our hearts through his death and resurrection. Yet we pray, teach us to live our life on earth while we wait for your coming. While it is not yet here, Teach us not to be busy bodies listening to conspiracy theories we see online, but rather faithfully doing the work here, diligent in the mission, proclaiming the gospel, making disciples. For that is the one clear sign, and this gospel shall be proclaimed to all the ethne, all the people groups, and then the end will come. That is crystal clear. And it is not for us to know the times and the seasons, but we are your witnesses to the ends of the earth. Teach us to be faithful where we work. Teach us to be faithful where we study. Teach us to be faithful to one another in our homes, in our families, in our church. Teach us to be faithful workers as we are all servants here serving you. Thank you, Lord. As we live on earth, may we excel. For there's, there are a lot of blessings with excellence. There are many blessings of being a faithful worker. But the opposite is also true. There are negative repercussions on earth. Maybe it does not affect our salvation, but it does affect how we relate to others on earth. 
and teach us, Lord. We thank you. And we pray for a strong church community. Strong in every aspect in your name. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of his Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Good morning.